Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast, where we explore what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This week's podcast is about faith. Faith is essential to following Jesus, for without faith we cannot please God. It is a substance of things hoped for but not seen. But far from being esoteric, faith is a very real dimension in our lives. Our faith influences what we believe and how we act. In Luke chapter 6, we have Luke telling a shorter version of the Sermon on the Mount, and it kind of follows a simple structure of the Beatitudes, future sorrows, forgiveness, fruit, foundations. Luke then follows us up by explaining in two instances, what does real faith look like? And how is real faith expressed? So what does real faith look like? In the first 10 verses of Luke 7, we see the story of the Roman centurion. This is how it reads in the New Living Translation. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said, for he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them. But just before they arrived at the home, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I'm not worthy of such an honour. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go and they go, or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. When we think of people of faith, it's easy to think first of people that pray bold prayers, that make bold statements about absolute trust. But how in light of the comment Jesus made in Luke 7, 9, do we recognise someone of faith? The man that Jesus commended for his faith was not even a Jew but in fact their enemy. He was a Roman centurion who would have been responsible for the brutal repression of the local Jewish people. The Jewish leaders hated the Romans. They certainly hated Jesus. So how much did they love this brutal oppression that they were willing to go to Jesus on his slave's behalf? I believe that Luke highlights three characteristics of a person of faith. Faith is not simply the capacity to believe things, but as a reflection of the God we serve and the values he holds dear. Number one, faith values people. The centurion valued people. In verse 5, the Jew said, for he loves the Jewish people. If there is one value people of faith should reflect, it is care of people. The Roman centurion cared for the servant, who was in essence a possession that he could buy or sell and would have had the power of life and death over. 
But such was his care, he called in his favours to ask for that servant's healing. When Paul had gone on his missionary journeys, after 14 years he came back and went to the apostles and presented himself and wanted to ask if they were happy with what he was doing, lest he run his race in vain. In Galatians 2.10 it says they encouraged Paul and their only suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor, which I have always been eager to do. If caring for people is such a significant factor in the teaching of Jesus and was so important to the apostles, shouldn't it also be important to us? Even the Jews who hated the Romans acknowledged affection for him. Jewish soldiers weren't known for their kindness, especially centurions who had the power to beat their own soldiers and in situations like falling asleep on sentry duty had power of death over them. Rome had done its best to shape the centurion into a merciless killer, but faith, faith had made him kind. Number two, faith is generous. The centurion was generous. In verse 5 it says, and even built a synagogue for us. I don't believe this is about wealth, but trust. As a centurion, he would have not been wealthy by Roman terms, but as a person of faith, he knew that his resources were not dependent upon his soldiers' pay. I find it amazing how some people that consider themselves people of great faith are more often asking for money than they are looking for opportunities to give it away. Note the Roman centurion didn't build his own synagogue. He built it for the Jewish people. People of faith want to use their resources to support the kingdom of God, not to build empires. Three, faith understands authority. It's easy to miss that the Roman centurion was being thoughtful and courteous. He didn't want to trouble Jesus because he knew that. Were Jesus to come to his home, Jesus would be unclean and have to go through a process of cleansing. Faith should teach us to treat people well. But it also means that we should understand that process of authority. In the New Testament, there are two words for power. The first is dunamis, from which we get dynamite. It's the explosive, miraculous working power that heals the raises the dead, that casts out demons. The second sort is exousia, and that's the legal authority to do something. You know in the old movies when the policeman would knock on the door and say, open up in the name of the law, because he knew that he had the law behind him. That's what exousia is. This Roman officer understood both those types of power. It's easy to understand as the authority in the land that he had the law and the power to make people obey him. But the centurion was kind enough to consider the position Jesus was in. He preferred thoughtfulness to status. Galatians 5, 6 tell us faith should always be expressed in love. And in the very next story, the widow of Nan, Luke highlights how faith can be shared. Jesus and his followers are heading into Nan, a town about 30 kilometres from Capernaum, a full day's walk. They arrive there towards the end of the day, when funerals often occur, and so they see the widow about to bury her son. Two groups, 
two processions that couldn't be more different, one full of grief, the other full of hope. People were leaving the village, a place meaning beautiful or green pastures, but full of sorrow, the other group full of joy. Yet Jesus understood the widow's predicament. He knew that she was to be consigned to poverty, living at the kindness of neighbours, scavenging for what she could find. Jesus knew that in less than two years, he would be making arrangements for his own mother's care while on the cross. Jesus' heart went out for her. As the two groups met outside the village gates, Jesus did something that's almost impossible to understand. He touched the coffin, it says in verse 14. Doing this made Jesus ceremonially unclean. It was an act that was so astonishing, it assured that everyone stopped. The coffin was not a coffin or casket as we would understand today, but was a plank of wood or some reeds that were matted that the body was wrapped up in linen and laid upon. It was that that Jesus touched. And then he told the widow not to weep, which is hard to understand if you don't know what follows. Then Jesus turns to the son and speaks life to him. Jesus and faith is kind. He understands her predicament and is moved with compassion. We see that in verse 13. Faith without compassion is a little use. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us this. Jesus and faith needs to be responsive. There's a large crowd following her, so it could be safe to assume that these same people would care for her. Faith doesn't assume, it acts. Faith isn't big on its own stuff. Jesus doesn't begin with any religious activity. The people may not have even known who he was. There's no collection, no announcement, no backing singers or dry ice machines. Just Jesus speaking words of life. Faith doesn't need formulas or accessories. Can you see how Luke takes two people that are so completely different to explore faith? One's a man, one's a woman. One's a Gentile, one's a Jew. One's a soldier, one's a widow. One's powerful and the other is powerless. In the New Testament, we translate the word faith as pistis and is only used in reference to God or spiritual things. It means a conviction based on hearing. Imagine if... Considering Luke 7, we define faith as people who understand who God is and are easy to identify by the way they live and treat others. Would that affect the way we talked about faith or make us reflect on whether or not we really are people of faith? God bless you. Thank you for joining the Cultivate podcast. If we can help you with anything or you'd like some notes, please email us at crosscultivation at gmail.com. God bless.